Hey everybody, welcome to a very special edition of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And before I get into news about why this episode is so special, I have some strange and paranormal news for you. Now, upon going onto my emails, I'm subscribed to tons of pages and I got a National Geographic article that I just read briefly and I wanted to screenshot it and share it with you. These promising advances may heal our bodies and delay death in ways you can't imagine. The little brief article from the email states, Artificial organs, 3D printed skin for burn victims, handheld ultrasounds, nanobots that crawl through your blood vessels to destroy plaque. The future of medicine is much closer than you think. So they are trying to actually prolong death by these medical breakthroughs. And I find it you know, very interesting that we're using such technology and may have a solution to not avoid death because death is inevitable, but to prolong it. Now, it's a mixed reaction, basically. I don't know how I feel about nanobots crawling through my body or how this can translate to a science fiction movie. However, it is very, very interesting. And if you are from New York and you're listening into the podcast, and I am a fellow New Yorker, New York poised to ban gas stoves in New York buildings as part of an electric mandate. Now, apparently, according to the article, electric stoves will take place with new buildings, and it's not set in stone yet, but it's inching closer. The report came just one day ago. Now, you know how I feel about anything electrical because I will get into it in another episode, but I've discussed it earlier that electric vehicles, electric stoves, and things with electricity can be compromised very easily. And we just saw what can be done alone by stating things on the news in the last few years. And if we incorporate electrical things into our life and they can be turned off or God forbid we get into a World War III, which is still on the fence right now, and an EMP goes off, we are royal screwed. Now, to get into why this episode is important today for my, I believe, 102nd episode, it is important because today I will be having a special guest. Now, you guys know that I've had guests on a lot in the last few episodes, and in season four of the Say What Again Billy podcast, I have a repeat guest or basically a staple now to season four and my podcast going forward, Joey Ayala, who joins me for very paranormal historical episodes. But today, I'm having a guest from another podcast. Her name is Lindsay. Lindsay is from The Chilling Podcast. It's a very interesting podcast. I listened in. It's very good. It's very well done if you're a fan of storytelling-esque podcasts and personal accounts. And she reached out to me and I reached back out and we are going to collaborate tonight and talk to Lindsay about paranormal occurrences, her podcast, and other things paranormal. So I'm looking forward to it and we'll be having Lindsay on shortly. So I want everybody to sit back and wait for me to dial Lindsay in. It's via phone call. So the audio may or may not be the greatest, but uh, according to other episodes I've done recently, the phone calls do work a little bit better. And this is all thanks to Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as the Anchor app. So I'll give them a quick thank you as I do at the end of the episode, but a quick thank you to them. So stay tuned and I'm going to phone Lindsay in right now from the Chilling Podcast. Everybody, would you like you to formally, formal, oh my God, tongue tied. 
I like to formally introduce from the Chilling Podcast, Lindsay. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. That's a great way to start, right? Getting tongue tied. <laughs> I have that problem all the time. And when I made my podcast, Lord have mercy, was it difficult because I actually have a little bit of a lisp and I stutter sometimes. So don't worry. It's kind of classic for me. <laughs> that's that's great. So, Lindsay, um, I'm very excited to have you on because it's hard to actually touch base with other people that that like the paranormal and then will join in on one another's podcast. And I've been listening into your podcast. It is awesome. I really do like the way you have it set up, the way you speak and everything. And the Instagram page is awesome as well. So Thank I want to give you the time to talk to everybody about what your podcast is about and what got you into the paranormal. Sure. Yeah. So my podcast is about uh, a very, very haunted house that I lived in many years ago with my roommates. Um, and I never could let it go. After we moved out, it really bothered me what I experienced for that year. Um, we ended up on a couple of um, TV shows about the house, or I should say I did. And, um, you know, I just never, I could never shake it. So when COVID happened, I decided it was time to tell this story. And I knew that to tell the story properly, I wasn't just going to have to tell my part. I had to tell everyone's part. And that also involved working with a historian, working with parapsychologists, demonologists, um, researching the property, finding out information, and also trying to find other tenants who lived in the house to see, were we the only ones who experienced this or were there others? Um, so it was just an all around crazy experience, which turned into a 13 part podcast. Um, some parts of it I've been told are incredibly scary and um, other parts I mix in folklore, eyewitness testimony. You know, it's kind of like a journalistic approach to telling a really scary story. So, you know, that's the podcast. The Chilling is what it is called. And you can find it at um, thechillingpodcast.com or anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Um, as for what got me into the paranormal in general, uh, I grew up in a family that loved all things dark and spooky. Um, my mother would even say that when I was a little girl, I was two years old and they dressed me up as a doctor for Halloween. And I came out and I said, I want to be a monster doctor. And, <laughs> and my parents were like, what? And I was too young. They hadn't shown me anything spooky yet. So they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, and my mom's like, do you want to be a doctor for monsters? And I was like, no, I am a monster doctor. And they were like, okay. So they rubbed a little like charcoal stuff on my face to make my face look dirty. Uh, my mom still has the picture. And from that moment forward, my parents are like, okay, we got a weirdo. This kid is not a normal, <laughs> is not a normal child. Um, but yeah, but my family loved the paranormal, loved spooky things, spooky movies. But also I come from a family that has abilities, um, generationally so individually and as a whole my family has experienced a lot of really crazy supernatural things um so that's growing up that way is really what got me into the paranormal 
And I had some spooky experiences for sure, but it wasn't until that house that I learned what evil, I guess, really is. Wow. That's, that's, that's an incredible story. My, my uh, family, my mother mainly was the source of me getting into paranormal. She was a big fan of horror and, you know, the swamp, uh, the swamp thing or the creature. Oh, nice. Yeah. The creature from the black lagoon, the old black and white classics. And she had, we used to have a TV in the kitchen and when she was cooking and before dinner, we'd have this small, like very small TV and unsolved mysteries would be on there. Now, not the revamped version, not the Netflix one, but the original. And I didn't really like crime stuff, but once in a while I would catch an episode that was like, you know, ghosts and UFOs. And that kind of got me intrigued into the weird stuff. And then there was one night um, in 1995 where my whole entire family witnessed a UFO in the Bronx. And from that point on, I got intrigued with researching the paranormal, forming my own ghost group before it kind of got cool, I feel. And, you know, investigating and now because of work and, you know, the realization that you grow up, you can't always go out ghost hunting, just forming a podcast and talking about it. So my family really got me into the paranormal on on my end. Oh, and it's so funny you should say that because growing up, all the movies you named, like I was a teenage werewolf and all these like type movies. Um, I grew up the, you know, the creature from the black lagoon. I watched all that when I was little and um, same thing with unsolved mysteries. My family lived for unsolved mysteries. And as a collective group, our favorite was anything paranormal or to deal with UFOs or anything like yep, that. Cri- cri- cryptids or anything. My family was like obsessed. So just like you, I think that really reinforced for me when you grow up in a family that watches that stuff and it seems more normal, your interest only grows. And how crazy that you guys had a paranormal or a UFO experience, at, you know, as a family. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I remember that to this day. And I have a friend um, and I, I mention him a lot on my podcast. His name is Charlie. And he's not only my best friend, but he's also my barber. So you can only imagine every week when I see him for a haircut or every two weeks what our conversations are. And he's kind of grown more religious now. So, you know, he, he fluctuates on, oh, UFOs are angels and ghosts are demons, which we'll actually touch that topic a little later on. But we always have these conversations. And the one thing he does say to me, he says, you know what? For all these years I've known you, that UFO story never changes. And it's just embedded in my mind that I saw that that night with my entire family. And we all have the same story. And that's what sparked my interest in the paranormal is basically something from outer space. Wow. And you know, it's interesting. I had a really, me, my mother and my father actually all saw a demon together. (laughs) Yeah. And um, when you have something like that happen with your family, because you mean with strangers, I mean, anytime you get to experience something with other people, it's validating, you feel less crazy. But when it's with your family, I don't know, it's like extra like, wow, this is real, because you know, you're with people that you love and trust. And they're seeing what you're seeing. And then collectively, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is happening to us as a group. Um, So with my family, we saw a demon when I was a child. And um, that was insane. And to this day, like we just, you know, when we talk about it, we're like, I still can't believe that happened, but it happened, you know? Yeah, that I I personally have never talked to anyone that's 
said they've seen a demon in person. Ghosts, you know, odd the odd things, things moving, strange smells. That's that's pretty that's pretty crazy. And you said that your family has abilities. Like, are they clairvoyant? Are they psychic? It's it's everything. Um, and it goes back through my my mom can kind of go through what side of the family, um, but. It's a little bit of everything. You know, when I was a little kid, it started with me point, you know, knowing things that were going to happen that were going to happen before they would, you know? So I would warn people, "Oh, this is going to happen." You know, or I would dream the future. And growing up, I didn't know what that was. And a few times my parents were just like, how did you know? And I'm like, well, I just saw it. You know, my mom and my dad would go, well, that's normal for our family. So, you know, don't be weirded out by it. That's a good thing. Um, And then so we always had that clairvoyance. We have a lot of visits from deceased loved ones um, that happen a lot in my family. And, And then a lot of paranormal experiences in general. And unfortunately, I don't know what it is with my family, but we've seen a lot of demons. I don't know who can say that. Not that it's something you want to see, um, but I've seen um, a few in my life and I, I don't know why that is. I don't, there must just be something genetically in my family that enhances these abilities, which I've heard from a lot of psychics and mediums that I've spoken to that that's really common, but it is a strange, I guess, characteristic to have or gene in my family. I feel that in in the world of paranormal and in the world in general, there's things that we haven't tapped into. And some people are just more susceptible to having abilities like that. I, um, I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately. And if, I don't know if you noticed this via your Instagram, but when even when you don't follow certain things based on your algorithms of what you like, things will come up on your feed via yeah. TikTok and Instagram. And I started seeing on TikTok and I don't I didn't follow him uh, the first few times that I saw this. Then eventually I did because it came up so much. It's the, the, the taxi medium. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Yeah. So it's this guy and it's uh, you hail a cab. I don't know where, where it takes place, what state, what city. And people get into the car and he either looks really weirded out in the beginning or he'll like kind of smile and there's a cordial conversation to start off the cab ride. And then he flat out tells the person in the back seat, Hey, I'm a medium and I can, you know, talk to people that have passed on and I have someone reaching out to me to say something to you. And what really made me start following this page that it's on, on TikTok was there was a pastor who came into the car. Now I don't trust, certain things on tv because you know how it is it's sometimes like zach bagans and ghost adventures it, it's it's a play to 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 really get more viewers yeah I, it's really dramatic over dramatized right yeah so in the beginning zach bagans and the ghost adventure crew was was you know i i, I like i liked it i watched it i watched the first three seasons and then it got a little too carried away like, you know oh i'm possessed and it, you know it's all all an act for television yeah so I don't really know who's getting into the car if it was set up, you know, prior to the whole recording. It is a dash cam. It's recording into the car. This pastor got into the car and he told the pastor, he says, you know, I'm a medium and I speak to dead people. And the guy was like, all right, well, I'll entertain it because I'm curious. So he really said some stuff like that, that struck a nerve to the guy, not in a bad way, but he had mentioned that I'm getting someone that's saying that you help them 
all their life when they were sick. And the pastor got choked up and asked him to stop. And then there was a pause where the medium knew that, you know, he had struck a nerve. Yeah. And the pastor took a pause. And then after like a minute, he he asked the medium, you know, the cab driver, he says, is she OK now? Is she yet? You know, is she resting easy? So he thought about it because how would this guy know? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you know? And this kind of a resemblance that I'm getting to to your abilities you just discussed. Yeah. And it's interesting for my second season, it's all interview based and twice now live. I've gotten people coming through with messages for people. And, you know, so in my second season, people will get to hear it. But and it's so weird because I don't know how to control it. I think, you know, I've heard of, you know, um, I think her name's Patty Negri has like a school that kind of helps teach you how to do things. The psychic I had on my show, Joe Peretta, he's also going to be offering like lessons basically. Um, And I think if I could learn how to control it and really, you know, understand it, I could probably really tap in. And part of me always wants to learn how to control it because when these things do happen and and people have messages that come through, it's really bizarre. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to open that door or not. So I'm always torn about what to do, but it is there whether I want it or not. It happens. So So I, I did an episode um, I believe in season one, maybe season two, very early. And it was about mediums and psychics. And I'm talking to someone now who possibly has that ability, whether it's tapped in or untapped or, un, you know, not foolproof yet. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you're, you're like an X-Men and you haven't figured out your abilities yet. And yeah. you're waiting to see Professor X to teach you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. Basically that. That, that's a good analogy if you follow comics. And um, I did an episode and I was talking about the medium from or the psychic from Long Island. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. And she had shows where people came out and said that she did have some abilities, but a lot of it was, you know, staged. Yeah. And as a paranormal enthusiast and, you know, I, I, I would say not actively investigating, but someone that did investigate my my way of my rule of thumb is to try to debunk before you all flat out believe you know what i mean because when you're left with a question after you did thorough thorough trying to debunk things that's when you're like okay i have this big question mark here i can't figure this out so this has to be real so i talked about about her and then I talked about John Edwards, who was one of the very first, like, psychics on TV, at least for I, me. I remember John. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I won't ask your age. I know it's like cardinal rule. Don't ask. A oh, woman. I don't care. I'm 41. I'm I'm proud of it. I'm 41. People don't know I'm that old, especially when they meet me. They're like, I thought you were like 30. I'm like, that's because I'm a vampire and a goth and you don't age. <laughs> I seen. I had seen your picture. You look very young. So that's very yeah, good. No, on I'm you. 41. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you got a, you got a few years on me. I'm 36. And I remember when I was growing up that John Edwards was like, you know, the first psychic on TV, you know? And I watched some of his shows and I actually like really researched him. And from what I gather, if I'm, if I remember correctly, because my, this episode was a while back, the Long Island medium uh, was more on the, on the fake side, as opposed to John Edwards, there was people claiming that they were random people in the audience. They weren't 
actors. They weren't paid to say whatever. And he genuinely plucked people from the audience and, you know, gave some information that no one would know except that person. So he was more on the real side and the Long Island meeting was more on TV. It was more like a, you know, basically a, a TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's the crazy stuff. Her name is Teresa Caputo. I had to Google. That's her, what but... it is. That is Teresa because I always watch that show and I'll watch. I watch everything paranormal, even if I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous or I believe it or I don't like I enjoy watching it. But here's like an interesting thing like I can explain to you, like if someone's like, OK, give me an example of what it's like for me. So yesterday I was doing dishes and my husband was in the living room and he does this like randomly and I don't know why, but one time he did this whole experiment in a car with me and it, and I got it like, I don't even know, maybe five or 10 times in a row. He used a a number randomizer on his phone Mm -hmm. and he would say, give me a number between one and 25. And, you know, and I got them all right. And it was, and I was driving the car. I couldn't see or anything. And he asked me, he said, well, how does it work? Like, how are you getting the numbers? Cause he knows that I have abilities and he's like, I want to test you. And I was like, well, I'm with you. And like, we have good energy, you know, like cause sometimes people will do weird stuff like that with me. And if they have bad energy, I can't get anything. Cause it's like, almost like their energy is so aggressive or overwhelming. I'm like, I can't help you with this. Like if you're trying to test me, I can't work with you because your energy is bad. But we're in the car and we're having a good time. And I told him, I said, I can see the numbers appearing in my vision. So yesterday I was like doing the dishes. I didn't know he was doing one of these. And I was doing the dishes and he just shouts out. He goes, hey, pick a number between one to 10. And I looked up at like my countertop and like my vision kind of went kind of blurry like if you make your eyes go blurry on purpose but I wasn't trying to and I and I just saw the number seven appear like clearly like over the blurred look of my my backsplash or countertop and I just said seven and I just kept doing the dishes and like a second later I was like I was like did I get it right like what were you asking what was the number for and he like just held up his phone with the number generator and he's like seriously he's like how do you do that and I was like I don't know. (laughs) I was like, I just saw the number. So sometimes stuff for me, it comes in like that. So it comes in like information. And sometimes I get information I can't help people with, or like, I'll be out in public and see things in my mind's eye, if you want to call it that, you know, your third eye. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it means, you know, and sometimes crowds are hard for me because I can be out having a great time. And suddenly I just start seeing stuff and I'm like, oh, no, it's happening. And I can kind of shut it down because I'm like, I don't have any frame of reference for what I'm seeing. Um, but I that's have to ask. That works for me. Yeah, so when you did this, uh, was, was it yesterday or was it earlier today? It was yesterday. And, and seven was the number? Yeah, seven was the number I saw in my mind. Okay, so I, I, I got a little bit of the chill. So today, um, seven years ago today, uh, and, and today's the 27th, is when I got engaged to my wife. And she texted me today because it, it was Easter Sunday, but it, it had taken place, you know, like Easter's on March, is in March sometimes, and sometimes yeah. it falls in April. So I remember it being Easter Sunday. So I, I always get messed up. Uh, a typical dude, right? Met, you know, <laughs> forgetting. And um, so she texted me the Facebook memory. And she was like, yeah, look, seven years ago, March 27th. And then she texted me today. She goes, lucky number seven. Oh, that's so weird. See? I have the screenshot. I'm going to send it to you when we're done with the podcast. It's it's 
that's why I got the chills right now. Which is so weird. And I, and I, of all the stories, I was like, oh, I'll tell him that story. Like, it makes sense. Like, out of all my stories, and it happened yesterday. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that I got the chills right there. Because I, 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 when you're talking, when you said the number seven, I'm just thinking to myself, what well, my wife texted me this today when I was at work. And I was like, holy shit. That's a little, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a little woo. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So, so I have to ask this now. So, you, you mentioned um, that you've seen a demon right and yeah. i'm a big fan or was because it's over now i don't know if you like supernatural the show i never actually watched that i don't know why i actually like have no idea i've never seen a single episode so ask away this will be fun <laughs> so first off before I, I get into my question i would i would recommend that show and it got a little carried away when 15 seasons so 15 seasons is a little much it, it went overkill but the first four seasons were phenomenal because they actually used real folklore urban legends and tales of ghosts and it was very 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 well done and i and of course my mother she was the one that was like we're gonna watch this show and i got hooked on a a paranormal tv show or science fiction show because of my mom and what got me hooked was what i told you it's it's based on real you know urban legends and folklore from the haunted highways and routes ghost cars bloody mary um, vampires, werewolves, windingos, all that was in that show. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and it, it's 15 seasons, so now like you go on Netflix or whatever and you can watch it. I think you would like it. But oh, I'm their, sure I would. <laughs> their way great. of Yeah, you would definitely get back to me after you tune into that and let me know if you like that. But their way of portraying a demon was a person with blacked out eyes similar to like the black eyed children that's a thing Mm -hmm. in paranormal yeah and i'm curious on what your depiction or or actual seeing it of a demon like what was it like what did it look like so i have two times i've seen a demon um the time i saw a demon with my parents we were driving down the road Um, and I talk about this, I do an interview with my own mother for season two, but we were driving down this road and, um, my dad slammed on the brakes. And back in the day, the Chevy car we had, it had like, I forget the name of them, but the seats were like long seats. Like there was no brake in them. So it was like having benches, like a bench back seat and a bench front seat. And I was supposed to be in the back seat with my seatbelt on. Was it an Impala? I wasn't in it. I think our second car was an Impala, but we had one before that. And, and so I was supposed to have my seatbelt on, um, and I'm a fireman's kid, so I totally should have, but I actually took it off so I could lean over the back seat into the front seat to talk to my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And they kept telling me to sit back down and they're like, is your seatbelt? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's on. But I like, was like, oh, I made it really long so I can like lean over the seat. Cause it was just the kind around your waist. And my dad slams on the brake and I remember looking up and the headlights were shining on the road and there was this black thing like in a mass on the road and I could see like hands and feet like on the ground and the headlights were hitting it but but not illuminating it but going through it so it was you could clearly see it it was the weirdest thing. So, like, we're all just sitting there looking, and it slowly stands up, and it is enormous, and it has a huge, it's wearing a cloak, 
and it has a long pointed top to its cloak. It looked exactly like if you've ever seen the movie Ghost with um, Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, these like shadow things in the movie. It's what it looked like. And it had long, weird fingers. And it slowly stood up like it realized we saw it and it went from its crouched position and just slowly stood up. How many and, feet would you say? You said it was tall. How, oh, how, it was how... tall. It, probably six foot. It was huge. Okay. Um, but it was really like crouched and small. And then it like <clears throat> slowly rose up and it turned and it looked at us. And it looked exactly like those things from the movie Ghost. Um, and its arms were like out to its side. And like we all at once just started saying like our father who art in heaven we just started saying the lord's prayer like nobody said anything we just started praying and we got like probably halfway through the prayer and it like looked at us again and then it like got back on all fours and galloped off the road like up a hill and at the, and at the same time which is so messed up because i was a little kid it's probably like nine um, we all were like, that thing is going to take someone's soul to hell. Like we all just knew we were like, that's taking someone to hell. Sounds like, like a hellhound. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, whoa. So, and then the demon I saw in the house, that was a whole other thing, which is the one from my podcast. And I've never seen anything, you know, if I tried to, ex- I don't, I I've seen just about every horror movie there is i've never seen anything that properly shows what i saw the closest i always tell everybody would be in the conjuring 2 there's like this weird you know demon nun and there's a scene towards the end of the movie where ed warren's about to drop a little girl out a window and he's might fall and die and lorraine warren comes in and and when lorraine comes in she sees the the nun demon and she says the nun demon's name and its face blows off. Now, right. the, the part where the face blows off, that's the closest that I've ever seen. But what I can say is that my demon, when I did see its eyes, its eyes were black, but it had like slits in the center, like a snake's. But like a reverse snake in a way, I guess, is the way to think about it. Like, you know, normally a snake has like a colored part with like a black slit. Like, do the reverse, like black eyes with a slit, but it would almost be like a white, maybe, like, or clear. So the slit was there, just like a snake's eye, but it was reversed. That's freaky. Yeah. That's freaky. The first thing you, you said is, uh, you know, it sounds like a hellhound, and the hellhounds are what you said after you saw it. it it's, it's supposedly correlated with crossroad demons when you make a deal to something mm-hmm. that's when you make a deal to something malevolent malevolent you know and you make these deals with the devil you're eligible to get what you made a deal for whether it's fame fortune glory but then there's a time limit and supposedly the hellhounds come after your time is up to take you to hell and it, it sounds almost like like a hellhound and then you said afterwards that thing's going to take somebody you know with them you know the way you described it, that's to me, that's what it sounds like. And, you know, the demon thing, yeah, it could be a demon, hellhound, hellhound, almost the same, almost the same thing. Or some form of a cryptid. May I ask where you, you saw this? Like, you know, as far as like a, a town or state? 
yeah it was like it was either in like seven hills or parma ohio and and like it's all suburbs but certain roads you can take are more like back roads so like there's a lot of little back roads you would take um to cut back and forth through places and we were cutting on a back road where there weren't as many houses um and i mean it's so I'm just so grateful my parents were there because if I saw that alone I would think I was a lunatic um but it was the wildest thing and again like innate like something in each of us all knew like me even as a child something inside of me was like that's taking someone to hell like we were all just like and that's taking someone to hell like we all just said it like yeah okay and then we sat there for a second because we literally watched it gallop up a hill um And it was weird because like when it galloped, to your point, it was more animal-like. But when it decided to stand up and look at us, it changed almost like into what would almost look like a demon. Like it like in a in a sketchy way, you know, it had a cloak on with a pointed top, long fingers, like pointy, scary fingers, its arms out to its side. I remember seeing the cloak on its wrist hanging down. Um and like the face where the face would be, it almost looked like when you see like a cl- classic drawing of like a banshee or something, right. like it was really dark and deep. You could see there was something in there, but I couldn't make out what it was, but it was super dark, like inside the hood. Um, and then when it squatted back down after we started praying to run off, it looked, it still had its cloak on, like its cloak was like moving, but it moved more like an animal. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of banshees right now, and I looked at the picture of the of, of a hellhound. It looks like when you first described it, when it was on all fours and when it galloped off. But the banshee description is is one of the pictures here is pretty pretty spot on to what you just said. Yeah, and that like that's what it looked like. And funny enough, like I had a as a kid again, I watched a lot of weird movies, and there was this movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People, starring of all things a very young Sean Connery, and it has to do with like you know, Irish folklore and leprechauns, but there's a whole scene. It's like a really old cheesy movie, by the way, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, you know, you get a gold star. And if you don't probably don't go watch it. Cause you're going to go, what is wrong with her for mentioning it? But when <laughs> I did at the end of the movie, there's this whole thing involving a banshee. And I had such a good image of what that was. And when I saw this thing, I remembered thinking, oh crap, it's a, it's a freaking banshee because that's what the hood looked like and like the face hold looked like. Um, but yeah, it was super bizarre, but it had hands and everything like just, and if you look up in the movie ghost, those shadow things, that's what it looked like. And that's what it felt like. It felt really not just scary. Like what is that? It felt like deep in the core this is evil, this is trouble, like, this is dread, like, this is not good, you know? The way you describe how the light hit it and and it was so dark, there's there's a couple things that popped to mind. I don't know if you're familiar with the shadow people. Yep. You know, the shadow people is things that I... I, you see that all the time. I, I, I watch Paranormal Court on camera. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. I am, yep. That is by far one of the best shows on discovery plus travel channel. And I'm patiently awaiting if they're coming back for another season. Cause there's a lot of talk in the paranormal world of certain, sh- certain shows that are not returning. So I hope that's one of the shows that are returning. Cause I love that show. The reason I love that show is there's just so much that gets put onto that show, different categories in paranormal. One of the repeat categories on that show is shadow people. 
where people are going in a haunted house or they're, um, you know, urban exploring and they catch a shadow person. And it's like this darkness that's darker than the dark. And, and that's kind of what I popped into mind when you're describing this, this almost hellhound demon like, you know, creature. And there's another thing, and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, being like a paranormal aficionado yourself is I'm sure you heard of hat man. Oh, very much so. Yes. Hat man. Absolutely. And th- there's a lot of theories about hat man that he's just this, this demonic figure that's, you know, on earth observing people because he's never seen, or there's no stories of him actually doing anything except observing you at nighttime and paralyzing you. That's a lot of people have this, this sleep paralysis, you know, disorder or occurrence and he's there, you know, it's, he's he's been described and talked about during sleep paralysis a lot. And he's described as this dark figure with this, this hat, this pointed hat, you know, or, described the hats described in many ways but it's something's on this guy's head and that's why he's called hat man and i that popped into my mind too as you're telling this this story well there's a great documentary um i think it's called the nightmare but it's about i love that documentary. yeah and it's got hat man stuff in it but what's also interesting now i don't know if this is an urban legend you know or like an internet urban legend or what but there's rumors that people say i know that there was a rumor about aaron Rodgers, supposedly the football player that i talked about this yes i did yeah yes And then some people said that's not true and, you know, there's no confirming it. But a lot of people have been rumored to say that when they've done something like ayahuasca, um, some people after they do it suddenly start to see Hatman, you know, with no frame of reference. Like, it's not like they knew what Hatman was, did ayahuasca. And then afterwards, like, they're like, why do I keep seeing this? It's more like um, they do ayahuasca, they start to see him and then they research it and they're like, holy smokes. And um it makes me think of my friend Lane, who I talk about in the first season of the podcast at length. She's in it as well. Um, when she was younger, she um, read from the Necronomicon, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows why? Okay. And it's not like she That's like through. a Wiccan thing. Yeah. It's like a weird. Yeah. It's some sort of kind of weird thing. And there's a section where it says, do not read from this and not finish it or something weird. And she said that she read it and then stopped and thought, whatever. And as she did that, she saw this like shadow figure, right? In a cloak kind of thing, go by her bedroom door. And she always talked about this, that she saw this and this happened. And years later, I'm pulling into my sister's condo with Lane. I was house sitting and I look over and on someone's porch, I see this enormous, different looking than the one I saw with my parents, but shadow thing with like a cloak kind of thing in on this person's porch. And I can see it moving. And again, it's darkness within the darkness, but I can tell that it's there. And it kind of steps out. And I look at Lane and I go, do you see? And she just cut me off. And she goes, that's the thing that follows me. She goes, you can see it. And I go, it's right there on the person's porch moving around. She goes, and she was like, thank God. Okay, you can see it too. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, for real, this is what you're seeing? And she was like, yeah, I've never had anyone see it before. Um, And we just waited there. And I was like, what do we do? She goes, it'll just like disappear. Just give it a second. 
and she's like just wait and it just kind of absorbed and just disappeared um so who knows <laughs> but but certainly i've i've had my fair share of shadow people including us seeing actual shadow people too so that's so crazy the there's there's an app it's called iFunny. Uh, a friend of mine that's on the podcast a lot now he um he put me onto it years ago and on there i came across the Aaron Rodgers news of him doing ayahuasca and reportedly seeing after the trip to Peru or, uh, you know, Peru and coming back after doing the ayahuasca that he kept seeing the hat man. And um, I commented on there because it's a form of social media, but it's got memes and funny stuff. And I said, you know, I, I'm pretty into the paranormal and you know, I gave a little description of, when the hat man appears and why, and it's predominantly during sleep paralysis. And because I got so many comments back to me in response, I did an episode um, about hat man. Um, I actually think I did the episode prior to that. And then I did a part two and it's crazy that ayahuasca can kind of have an effect long-term. I did something in that it's almost like DMT. And yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, it's the closest thing to like, excuse my French, stripping balls and being near death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if something happens where you do something to your brain and it never reclicks and you're able to see things that you probably shouldn't. You know what I mean? And Hatman is is one of them. And there's two documentaries about Hatman. The Nightmare was the first one that I saw. And I watched it because my wife was in school at the time, finishing school. And she had a professor that said, watch this documentary on Netflix. And I guess it was, you know, something because she was in like a health class. So I guess it was something to do with like uh, REM and sleeping and uh, so forth. And we sat down to watch it. And my wife hates paranormal. She hates it. She doesn't (laughs) like anything scary. That's the only part of us two that is opposite. And she sat down and said, come on, babe, watch it with me. I said, all right, cool. I'll entertain it. And within the first five minutes, she was petrified, didn't want to watch it anymore. And I was hooked to this documentary. And it is so in-depth about sleep paralysis, incubus, succubus, gray aliens, they say, that cause it. And then the hat man. And um, on Amazon, Amazon Prime, there's another documentary of people that see hat man out of sleep paralysis. Sort of what we just talked about. Mm. It's very interesting. You definitely should check that out because there was a story of a woman who she was seeing Hatman and she walked up to her baby's room and heard the baby crying. And when she opened the door, she looked and Hatman was there and it wasn't he wasn't staring at the baby. He was staring at her. It was like he was in there to make the baby cry so that he can so she can open the door and stare at her. And she cordially walked in grabbed the baby. He was standing somewhat fairly distanced from the baby, close enough, but further away for her to grab the baby. And she walked out of the room and closed the door and didn't go back in there. And this woman was seeing him not under an ayahuasca trip, not sleeping, just out and about, just he's paying visits, crazy stuff. Well, and you know, it's interesting too. I'll definitely have to look. I've never seen that that documentary that sounds right up my alley because um I talk about it in, in in depth in my podcast because I suffered from sleep paralysis while I was in the house and um 
never had it before or after. Well, except for one time when she paid me a visit, which I talk about in the last episode, but I never had it before or after. And I had a lot of specialists, uh, you know, a neurologist on as well as a guy who's also a neurologist, but um, he's more from the folklore aspect of sleep paralysis because, you know, until you've suffered from it and had it happen to you, once you do and you go through it extensively, it, I don't know, you're tapped into something else. It's a weird experience. And the one neurologist I spoke with, you know, he doesn't believe there's anything supernatural to it. And then David Hufford, um, and he's written um, a great book about it as well. Um, he, he believes in it completely. So he comes at it from a scientific standpoint, but from a, yes, this is science, this is physically happening, but he also believes that something external is coming in and attacking people as well so it was very fascinating to just learn okay like what actually happened to me when i suffered sleep paralysis you know that documentary it's been a while since i watched it i think i've actually watched it twice and my wife was given it to watch because of a class she was taking in regards to you know neurology and sleep and rem and she when we watched it she put it on and i think Correct me if I'm wrong. At the beginning of the documentary, they were trying to really come up with a scientific explanation on why it was happening, but they really never did at the end of the documentary because it doesn't make sense why people are seeing the same thing. Well, and, you know, that's what, you know, the difference of opinion. So the one guy I spoke to, he's, he's an amazing neurologist, and he explained the physical things that are happening to us and why it happens. Um, and, and he goes over that. I think it's in the second or third episode of my show. Um, and then David Hufford, uh, on the opposite end of that, you know, he just explained, like, how you know, and this is how you can look at it. How can people all over the world prior to technology, because he studies the history of it, right? So we're talking prior to cell phones and TVs and mass communication. How can we have histories in different cultures all over the world where people suffering from sleep paralysis see the same thing? Not just the physical sensation, but like what they're seeing. Like he studied people's cultures from every every part of the world because he's like renowned in this and he said we're dating back thousands of years here he's like how can they all see the same thing like if everybody had the same physical response that makes sense it's a physical response but if somebody in china is having it's the same thing vision wise that somebody who was a first nations here in america um way back in the day (laughs) are having the same visitor that doesn't really make any sense and he said that's when you have to put science aside and go something else is happening here I agree. I've, I've heard scientific explanations. I've heard that your body is half asleep and you're writing between that you're sleeping, you're in dead, you know, dead sleep, but you're, you're something, you're, you're up. So your body does this thing naturally. It keeps you from falling over, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you're half awake and your body's still stuck in that mode, that can explain the paralysis aspect of it. But seeing, you know, the hat man or the other shadows that accompany him, or a shadow figure coming into the room, it doesn't, that, that's not explained. Like you, why is it that you're just seeing this figure do something like that? And it be that horrific experience because I I haven't heard a story where sleep paralysis was pleasant and which makes it even weirder is the people that are so petrified of this happening to them because there's 
Some people that it's happened to once or twice. And some people it's happened to multiple times. On the documentary, uh, The Nightmare, I remember very vividly people not having any other option because they were so scared but to start praying, almost like what your family did when they saw the demon. And what happened? When you saw the demon in that on that road, you guys played the Lord's Prayer, and it, it got spooked out and ran away, right? And in sleep paralysis, people start praying, and there's reports of when you're praying in your mind or you're saying the prayer out loud, the demon uh, on top of you or standing next to you goes spastic and runs away. I would like science to explain why that is the only like solution to solving that while you're going through it. Well, and what's interesting, yeah, so prayer is all, the only thing that worked for my sleep paralysis in that house um, in, in my podcast. And what's interesting is that demonologist Michael Salerno, who he's he's fantastic. I love him. Um, he was a big part of my show, but he was also the person that when I was making the podcast, I went to with a lot of extra questions, you know. Right. And he really talked about something called um, – it's basically demonic sleep paralysis, I think is the term for it, or spirit, or maybe it's spiritual sleep paralysis. I think that's it, spiritual sleep paralysis. And he said that there's a different kind. He goes, there's sleep paralysis, which is the scientific sleep paralysis that some people suffer. But a spiritual, and I think that's the right term, sleep paralysis, is when something's not just attacking your body, but your soul. And that's when people start to see these dark forces and feel really terrified because it is actually going after because your body's immobile. And so you are vulnerable, more vulnerable than you normally are. And so your soul is vulnerable as well. And to his, what he would say is when prayer works in those sleep paralysis moments, that's because it's not sleep paralysis. It's spiritual sleep paralysis, meaning something was after your soul, if that's how you want to look at it. And that's why prayer worked. Um, Yeah. That's the premise of the succubus and incubus. And I started learning about that because, first of all, I I first heard of, you're going to laugh at this, I first heard of Succubus um, from South Park. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you watch South Park or it was the very first season of South Park where uh, Barbara Streisand, I believe, was the Succubus or something like that. And Cartman was like, hey, Kenny, she's a Succubus, you know. I'm telling you, Barbara Streisand is a Succubus, you know. And I was and I was dying laughing. I was like, what is a succubus? And then years later, you start getting into paranormal. And, you know, you, you, you read the reports that the succubus is the female version of a demon that does this to you when you're sleeping. And it's slowly sucking the soul out of you, trying to harm you when you're in this vulnerable state, as you said. Right. Yeah. And then the incubus, not the band, but incubus is the male version that does it to the females uh, during their, you know, going to sleep in their tenure of sleeping so it's crazy that you know these these demons are repelled by by prayer and are actually named for this particular subject of sleep paralysis absolutely and it's funny you should say that because i remember the first time i ever heard of the incubus and the succubus growing up there was this movie it's like a cult classic now but it was like 
one of my family's favorites and it's got Tom Hanks in it. It's called The Burbs. And it's, it's such a funny old movie, um, but they're in the basement and his friend is convinced that the neighbors are demons or, you know, evil people. And he's reading from this book and he's like, look, the incubus, the succubus. And I was a little kid and I was like, what the heck is an incubus and a succubus? Like, I was like, I gotta learn about that. So it's so funny that you had the same thing from South Park. Yeah, that's that's the first time I heard of it, it was 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 South Park on Comedy Central. How funny. And mine was the comedy movie, The Burbs. That's so funny. Yep, it, through comedy, the the demon stuff comes out, and that's that's what makes you got to learn about it. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy. So, what is um, what is the the by far the scariest encounter that you had that that you can say this was terrifying, and this pretty much sums up that there is something else beyond what we know. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of experiences. So I've had a lot of experiences with ghosts. Um, and when you live through what I lived through, what I talk about my, my podcast, um, you learn that there's a difference. You know, um, ghosts aren't scary. They just startle you, right? And, and you got to think that they're walking around trying to get your attention and you can't see them for the most part. Sometimes you get to, but um, they just startle you. Now, something that's darker it wants to scare you and you eventually learn the difference. Now, until you've experienced what I've experienced, you, this, you know, suddenly the scale of, of, of understanding changes and um, things that were paranormal or ghostly before that may have scared me, or I thought, Ooh, that's really scary. Or they're trying to scare me. Now I understand that they're not. And I get that. And I've had so many things happen and, and what happened to me in that house, I, I can't even sum it all up, but the worst would be when I got pulled down the stairs. Yeah, when it starts physically harming you, that's... That, yeah, that was the moment that I went, this has gone from being something really scary, and I know it's evil, to I can't even believe that this is happening. And it literally grabbed my ankles and pulled me down the stairs and I fell and hit my face really hard and I flipped over. And as I was sitting on the stairs, cause I could tell that my nose wasn't bleeding from like my face, but I could taste it bleeding down my throat. And I got bonked in the face so hard. I kind of forgot what happened for just a second. And I was holding my face and looking, I was sitting on the stairs with my legs in front of me. So it had already tugged me once by both ankles. And I was sitting on the stairs, looking down the stairs and my left leg was was kind of half bent, half straight. And I felt something wrap again around my ankle and tug my leg really hard. And I literally went like boop, boop down two stairs. And I was like, this is unbelievable. And it continued to try to do this to me all the time. So I would have to try to run from it. I could feel its fingers grab my ankles um, and my, I would pull my, my ankle off of, you know, it's hand off of my ankle as I was moving or running. Um, and that for me, you know, my sleep paralysis and de demonic nightmare was horrific, um, terrible. All the other things it was doing in the house were terrible, but once it could actually grab onto me, I was just like, this is insane. Like this is now yes. crossed the line that I don't even know what to do anymore. When yeah. things like that physically start happening to something that you can't combat because it, you can't see it. Yep. That's what's very terrifying. And the, from what I understand through my, my studies is 
it takes time for it to get that energy to do it. So it's been there. It's been watching. It's been watching. It's been lurking in order to build off the fear you have in order to physically do what it did. Oh, yeah. And I can say from experience that when the, it never did it consistently, it always seemed to wait for a time when I wasn't expecting it. And um, it, it would just terrify me. And I mean, I could feel it. I could hear it chasing me. You know, I knew it was there. Um, and like you're saying, you know, the, those things require time and energy. And as demonologist Michael Salerno would say, you know, anything that can grab you and pull you there, that's not a ghost. You know, ghosts really, for the most part, can't move anything, they say, over five pounds. So, you know, demonologist Michael Salerno said, look, if it's pulling you down the stairs, that's a demon. Like, we're done. Like, that's yeah. not, ghosts don't do that. Um, for the most part, ghosts don't actually really want to scare people, really, for the most part. He's like, that's not their intention. They frighten people. They startle people. But their intention is not to, like, harm humans for the most part. Of course, there's cases like really grumpy ghosts. But, like, it's only really demons that want to hurt you and really scare you. So, yeah, that's that's when you know it's bad. And that's what they in the Bible. I mean, uh, I, I always say this and I like to reiterate every episode that I have faith. I'm not full a full-blown practicing Catholic anymore. I have the faith. I'm still Catholic. There's things in the Bible I believe in, some things that are questionable, but demons, that is their goal, is to, they're here. And, you know, they were banned and doesn't really, quite frankly, say they're in hell. There's really, to my knowledge, no mentions of a place called hell where they are. They were just banished from heaven, which would mean, essentially, they're on earth and they're they're here to cause mischief and harm and slowly try to invade your 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 spirit and your conscience to make you do things that are bad or physically hurt you and that's what's terrifying is that there's literal you know writings in many books not just the catholic bible the christian bible but all throughout the world there is mention of malevolent things that can harm you that are here and when it gets to that point it's disturbing Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you should mention about the demons being cast to where they were. My mom yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday earlier in the day. For some reason, called me. We were talking and she's like, I found out where the devil, where the devil is on earth, supposedly. I'm like, wait, what? And in the Bible, it talks about how the devil's throne is in a city called Pergadum, which is now the modern city of, I can't say it. It's like, you, if you Google like Pergadum, like where is the modern city of Pergadum? And in the Bible, it says that's where his throne is. That's where he was cast to initially. It doesn't mean he's still there. But fascinating to even consider. But but for some people, they're like, oh, that's ridiculous. I Guys, I appreciate it. And you know what? I always say to people when they say, I don't believe in this stuff or whatever, I go good for you because that means you've never had an experience. And that's probably a good thing. But what I can say from my opinion, much like you, I was raised Christian and, um, you know, I believe in all sorts of things, but I have certainly seen demons and experienced that. And I'm, you know, I can tell you, you know, be cautious and be wary because these things are here and they do exist. Mm -hmm. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And the name of that is per, per gammon, pergamon, per, pergadum. It's like, it's in, ironically, it's in Berlin. It will. I think it's somewhere in Greece. So it's the city of Pergadum and it's spelled like P E R G A U M N. I think it is, but it's in like, I see here. I've just Googled it real quick. It says the 
Pergamon altar is in Berlin. Oh, maybe it's Berlin then. I don't remember, but my mom said it to me and it's in, I think it's in Revelations uh, chapter two, verses 17 through something. I'm trying to remember it because I don't remember. We were just talking about it on the phone randomly, but it says in the Bible that his throne is in Pergamon. You can like Google, you know, Satan's throne in Pergamon Bible verse. And it's only one little short snippet, but it's fascinating nonetheless that at least somewhere it names where supposedly you know that's been a that's actually been something that i seen on tiktok like oh the devil's location uh revealed and 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 that you know there's some of these things on tiktok like i said i believe and don't believe but some of this stuff actually has some source to it via the bible but we're going to get into that talk we're going to take a momentary pause and then we're going to get into that talk with demons and more stuff with the devil and locations in just a moment And we're back from our momentary pause where me and Lindsay were just discussing the possible devil's location and the demonic stuff. So, Lindsay, you um, you found the location, yeah? <laughs> yes. So I don't know how to pronounce it, but Pergamum, but I guess it was in Turkey. And like I said, it's so weird you brought it up because literally I don't know who and their mother is talking about this. I was folding my laundry, but she's like, I found the devil's throne. And I guess my mom went on some sort of bender where she was like if the devil was really on earth does anyone know where he is like that was her thought she's like wait a second if the devil really did get put on earth does anyone know where he is so she went on a searching thing and found that there's that bible verse that literally says where he's located um and it's in a place called Pergamum in turkey um and there's literally a bible verse that talks about that's where his throne is Pergamum, almost like purgatory Yes, that's what I said to her. I said it's almost spelled like purgatory, which is kind of weird. So so I, I mentioned earlier to you, my friend Charlie, right? And yeah. He's on this this metanoia, which is basically in religious terms, you, you go from not being religious and you experience a metanoia and it changes you for a religious, you know, better, so to put it kindly. And he's on this kick. And one of the kicks is the Nephilim. Are you familiar with the Nephilim? Oh, absolutely. What a fascinating concept and story. So, yes. I just did an episode uh, last week. I hated how it came, by the way. And I'll tell my viewers, I'm, I'm so sorry, because there's really for, for me to have talk about it. I, I try to put, you know, some some real truth to it. Like, have we found giant bones? And is there mention really mention of it in the Bible? And for the weeks that I was talking with my friend Charlie about the giants, I had interviewed him. It was an interview clip on my last episode. And then he, you know, weeks later told me, no, it's not in the Catholic Bible. It's in the Christian Bible. So I did research as I do every episode. And there's not much, believe it or not, in the Christian Bible about the Nephilim or Enoch, who is basically correlated with the Nephilim story. So I tried to do last week an episode where there was historical actual archaeological findings of giants and there wasn't much there was mistaken bones for for giants that ended up being mammoths uh ironically one of the findings was in ohio where they found bones and they thought it was giants but it was turned out to be like a mastodon and i talked about the biblical stories of it where it originated from and what people think it was and from the book of enoch and i i talked about it as best i could but 
what he says, to make a long story short, is the angels were told by God to go on earth and look after his children, the being humans. And he, all these angels that were looking after the humans had all this knowledge from the heavens. But they went against what he told them to do. And, he, and the angels ended up, you know, flirting with the women, telling them things they shouldn't know, like how to build certain things, how to look at the stars, certain things like that, ultimately ended mate, ending up mating with them and creating the Nephilim, these giant beasts. And hence, God got mad and flooded the earth. And he believes after the earth was flooded, they weren't allowed back into heaven. He actually made it clear before he flooded the earth. He told Enoch to tell them, this is you're not going to have any access to heaven. You're on earth now. When you die on earth, you won't be able to come back to heaven. So either way, living there or dying, they weren't allowed to come back, which would basically mean where are they stuck? on earth and he believes my friend Charlie that these things are evil they're mad they have a vendetta against God and their sole purpose now being that they're stuck here is to be demons so I wanted to actually get your opinion on my friend Charlie's theory of the Nephilim and these fallen angels yeah so I mean one thing that I find fascinating which is kind of a sidebar but I've been fascinated by the Nephilim for years um, is that some people believe that the R is it RH negative blood type that some humans have is not actually human blood. Uh, human you're, blood you're freaking me out. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta cut you off real quick. Okay. My wife has that blood type. Oh, really? And so she said to me, <laughs> I'm not from here. They can't figure out where this blood is from. You should do an episode on that. So they believe if you do research, some people believe that that bloodline, that blood type, if you have it in your system, is from the Nephilim because it's not a human blood type and it's it's abnormal. And Zachary Quinto, if that's how you say his last name, he did a show. I think it was called In Search Of. It was like a modern take on the old Leonard Nimoy, Nimoy one. But um, he did an episode on that. And they talked about some of the physical characteristics. I don't know them off the top of my head. I apologize. You could probably go find the episode and watch it. But is that I the guy from 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 um, Heroes? From Star Trek, I believe he's in. He yeah, he was Heroes on Heroes too. too okay, he's on Heroes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I've he's actually got the weird I've, eyebrows. That guy. Yep, and he looks a lot like uh, Spock naturally. Anyways. Yes. Um, yes. And I know, okay. And I've gotten to back when I was a photographer. I photographed him quite a few times. He's actually very nice. But um. On the show, they talk about some of the physical characteristics, and some of them have to do with like having slightly more pointed ears. Like, there's physical things that differ, and if you have enough of them, including that blood type, they do believe it's like a foreign alien, and they do believe it's the bloodline of the Nephilim. Wow. See, she, she was actually not too long ago telling me we have to figure out. We have the Gaia channel. So she's been actively searching on the Gaia channel for something that correlates with that blood type and trying to find if anyone has done. So this, what you just told me about, I'd love to find that episode. Or if you come across it, if you could send it to me, I'd love to show her that because she's very fascinated on not only the rarity of that blood type, but, you know, why she has it because no one in her family has it. Yeah, I mean, and it's a crazy, crazy thing. So the show is called In Search Of. I'm not sure which uh, episode it is, 
Um, but yeah, they go into it. But in what was interesting, the RH negative thing I had found in a few articles, just reading just about angels in general, I was just doing a weird search and I came across that. But then the show episode actually goes into like the us humans who have these characteristics. They're very abnormal. Um, and it's only a certain number of people and they usually have the blood type too. So you, know, you should find it and then your wife can see, is it just her blood type or does she have any of the other markers? I'm looking at the, um, in search of with, I believe it's, it's him, Zachary yep. Quinto. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking through season one and two. He does Atlantis, Life After Death, and a whole bunch of... Um, it's in there. They did a whole episode on it and it was so cool. <laughs> Like, or I don't know if it was about just angels and demons and then they did a part on it, but it was like about the Nephilim for sure. And you could, it says on here, I'm Googling it real quick. You could watch it from, uh, I have my iPad next to me. So I'm going to try to find that episode. There's a lot of episodes. Though. There's a lot of episodes. I watched all of them and they were all pretty interesting. Yeah, I have to, I have to pinpoint the uh, episode so that I, we can watch that because we've been looking for something to watch because you know discovery plus kind of went dry i'm like i said actively waiting for paranormal court on camera to go back on and uh you know we were looking for stuff but that's crazy that you said that i (laughs) i have to actually like tell her that like because we she's like oh it's got to be some alien never once thought to think something in regards to uh nephilim and fallen angels that that's that's a very interesting take yeah, and like the theory would be that when they were cast to Earth, so for your friends thing, it could go both ways. They could be demons, you know, they could have become demonic, and I've heard that. The other theory that I've heard is that people believe that they lost their ability to have kind of supernatural, if you will, or, you know, extraordinary powers, and they became human. But they were, um, you know, but they were still angel. They were angel and human now. They just couldn't do what they could do before. Part of their punishment was to have to live here and be with us. So naturally, they were already mating with women. So they just continued to do that until they died off. Because once they became human, in a sense, they eventually would die. So they died off, but their bloodline and their genes were passed down through generations. And that's the theory behind that RN or RH negative or whatever it is, bloodline. So that's insane. It's insane that, you know, my wife has that, you just <laughs> that theory too. And there's like two things tonight that you kind of mentioned with, you know, correlation of my wife. It was craziness, craziness. So that's why I was like, you're freaking me out. <laughs> well, you know, things pop in my head for a reason. I never know why. And there you go. That's pretty crazy. That is very interesting stuff. I have to tell her that after, um, later on when uh, I get back from recording with you, that's insane. So you mentioned before that uh, you were on some TV shows uh, in regards to paranormal. Um, would you, if you, if you're, if you're okay with it, can you care to share which which shows that you were on? So for viewers and listeners. Yeah. So I was on Paranormal Witness. I believe it was. Oh, that's an awesome show. That's a Travel Channel show as well. Yeah, so Paranormal Witness, the episode's called Nightmare on Chestnut Street. I can't remember what season it is, but I think it's episode four of some season. I don't know, but it's Nightmare on Chestnut Street on Paranormal Witness. And then I was on My Horror Story as well. Is that a is that a travel channel show? I think- the travel channel show or at least it's on discovery plus i believe so i was on my horror story i forget what it was called like maybe devil inside or something i can probably google it but um yeah so i was on those two shows and that was really fascinating because um 
you know, when you're doing a show like that, you're trying to tell your story and they're trying to kind of fit it in to, um, you know, a one hour segment, you know, and it's really, yeah. So for my horror story, it was um, called the devil inside. And then for paranormal witness, it was called nightmare on chestnut street, but um, both experiences were very different. Paranormal witness was a much bigger show. Um, my horror story, a smaller show. Um, somebody from my horror story saw me on paranormal witness and many years later had me come on that show. And it's a difficult thing because they're trying to fit in an enormous story into one hour. And I remember when I did paranormal witness, they literally said the camera crew and everything was like, this is the scariest story I've ever heard. Um, the guy was like, and there's so many of you. Like, they couldn't even fit in most of the story. Like, they did their best to, like, because they only insane. have 45 minutes. Yeah. Insane. I went on a binge during COVID. Um, uh, I didn't have Discovery Plus, I don't think, at that time. So I was watching whatever came on on the Travel Channel. And I watched, I mean, The Woods Are Haunted, Paranormal Court on Camera, uh, Paranormal Witness. I watched everything. So I was a good chance i've actually might have actually seen that <laughs> probably um, but i've been i mean that's like that is my go-to channel so um currently being that we're on the topic of television shows first off i've said this to you uh, when we first start, started talking via instagram and you know orchestrating this to take place i think that you should reach out personally and if and if discovery is listening by some slim short uh, some chance to this podcast Lindsay should definitely have a show on Discovery Plus and base it base it solely off your off your podcast because the what I've heard and what we've discussed tonight is good source for something different on Discovery Plus. 110%. Yeah, I mean, I think my dream would be um, if I could, now it's crazy. I talk about it in the podcast. I actually know who the current landlord is and has actually have his contact info. Um, and my dream would be to go back to the house. Um, I already know my roommates and some former tenants are willing to go. And I think it would be fascinating to tell the whole story as a show, much like my podcast, and then go to the house and investigate and be there for a while, if possible, like we're not talking overnight, I'm talking a week or two. And what I always say is that if, if I went back in that house and Adam went back and Laura went back who she's willing to, and I know Amber would go and probably Lane and we all went in that house and we had the proper equipment, the evidence that would probably get captured would be mind blowing. I'm not even you know, I'm so confident. It's crazy how confident I am. And I feel like scientists should be studying this house. I feel like there is something there that is willing to interact, something very evil, but it's willing to interact. And I think if we put me back in there, you know, almost like bait for a shark, you know, and we throw some chum chum in the water. um, I really think that we could really have breakthroughs scientifically. But the hard part is, is just, you know, a lot of these shows and things exist and there's a lot of people out there who want to do them and have stories. It's just, I just don't know anybody. I never knew how scary my story was, funny enough, until I started watching a lot of those shows because I always associated hauntings with movies like, you know, Amityville Horror and all the Conjuring movies and things. And it's so overdone and so over-dramatized. And then when I started watching paranormal shows, I quickly realized, like, 
what we experienced is, in my opinion, probably one of the worst hauntings that has ever happened in no. the world, maybe. <laughs> like I, I have really... to say, I, I, I've listened almost the entirety of your, of your first season. And the way you tell this, the stories, the way you describe what's happening from your friend's point of view, from your, you know, from your, your standpoint and everything we talked about today, like I said, it, it's something that should be pitched an, an idea because um, not getting off subject, but discovery plus via TikTok, of course, this is how I'm getting a lot of information now is in somewhat of like a, a turmoil with material. There's a lot of shows that I guess aren't doing good with viewings and some stuff is getting canceled or not renewed. And to pitch an idea about this, because it sounds good to me, I'd watch the hell out of it. Hell, I'd take a flight out to Ohio and lend you my equipment. You know what I mean? Like I have Geiger counters and EMFs. I told you I used to do this stuff years ago. I have seven or eight EMF meters. I have a Geiger counter. Um, I have EMF headsets where you can actually hear the EMF, motion sensors, tons of stuff. That's something that people would watch because just based on your podcast alone, listening to it, and then you guys are physically there, the people that that witness this and you're telling the story and now you go back, you know, and, and would film it and see if you can get more to what you already have is something that not only is like a paranormal lover's dream or investigator's dream, it's something that I'd watch the hell out of. <laughs> well, and you know, and I always say to people too, if ever given that opportunity, I would love to do it. And I know that people it would probably make somebody a pretty penny. I feel like a lot of people would want to watch it. Um, but to go back again to the house with all that I know now, um, again, I know that it would interact with me almost instantly. I would love to, because of the sleep paralysis I suffered, you know, have my brain hooked up and have to sleep in the house and see if they can pick stuff up, even with what's happening to me with sleep paralysis in that house. Um, you know, I just feel like there's so much that could be captured and so much that would happen. Um, and I think bringing us all back in there with our energies that it would be like, oh, this is on, like, let's do it. I can't believe you came back. Like you want more, like, cause what's in there is very vindictive, very angry very evil and it would be like oh you're here let's do this like it's not shy um, have you have you tried to reach out to the current tenant or landlord to mm -hmm. to see if the activity is persisting well you know i don't want to give away too many spoilers for listeners but i will say yes the house is still haunted nice yeah no you don't have to give away too much but i just was curious <laughs> on like maybe, because you know there's sometimes the activity is solely focused on the people that are there and for some reason activity ceases to exist when that person leaves and or it follows them which yeah. leads me to my next point what has been going on if you care to share because I, I right before we recorded started recording I was you know looking at your stories and you have some intriguing stuff that's going on actively yeah, so if you end up listening to the full season and then you get to what's called epilogue, which is episode 14. Um, and tell the, tell the listeners again where they can find the Chilling oh, Podcast. So yes, it's your you, plug. It's, it's, it's all you. Go, go for it. 
Okay. So if you go to uh, www.thechillingpodcast.com, um, our Instagram is the same name, um, or we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you can stream it. There's an episode. So the first 13 parts are the, the long format narrative. And episode 14 is kind of an announcement for season two and where it's heading. But also in that episode, I discuss with my husband, Adam, some of the things that we have experienced since making this podcast. And why that's important. So early on, when I was very first starting this podcast, I interviewed demonologist Michael Salerno, and he warned me. He said, you do know that by doing what you're doing, the target's coming back on. Like, you walked away from this thing, but by pulling, by doing this, they all know that you're doing this, and they do not like being talked about. It's like the mob just like the mob, they like to operate underground, they like to do their business, but they really don't want anybody talking about them. And it pisses them off. And when Michael warned me, I thought, eh, like, I believe him, but like, what could happen? So on the very first day of recording, my very first narrative episode where I'm reading off my script, which is a big part of the show, and it takes a really long time to do, especially if you're not a professional, like, you know, actor, um, I finished, you know, doing all my narrations. I went and took a shower. And when I got out of the shower, I looked down at my thigh and there was a bite mark, oh, like a three, big three, one. three or two like marks, one huge bite mark of both of the upper and the lower teeth as if a person put their whole mouth around my thigh and bit me oh. and it had crookedy teeth. It was faint, but like distinct, like it was faded looking, but it was clearly a bite. Like you could see it. And I was freaking out. Like I looked at my thigh and was like, that's a freaking bite mark. Um, and my husband came home and I'm like, and I pointed and he's like, first thing he said, I didn't even say anything. He's like, who bit you? And I'm like, nobody, that's the point. Nobody bit me. I don't know what this is. And he's like, why does it look so weird? Cause it's teeth are crooked. And I immediately sent a picture to Michael and he's like, I warned you, like, be prepared. And he literally sent me like some um, medallions and things from an actual exorcist and a prayer. And he's like, just be wary because these things are going to get pissed off. So that was like the first thing. And from there, things have not stopped. Like very recently, as a matter of fact, I was editing something for the show and my husband was in the other room and he starts shouting and I'm like, what? And he's like, were you just like standing in the doorway, like peeping at me? And I'm like, I'm in the other room on the couch. What are you talking about? And Adam's not one to scare easily or exaggerate by the way. So, and he was freaking out and I'm like, what? So I come in there and he's like, I literally just saw a figure kind of like come into the doorway and then it like backed off and then it kept peeking around the doorway looking at me. Did it look like you or or it was just a figure as he did? It was just a figure. Like the way the lighting is in the hall in the room he was in, it would be like backlit. So it was like a silhouette, you know, but he clearly saw it and thought it was me. And we have things like this happen all the time. Really bizarre noises. When I was making the show, um, <laughs> really freaked me out. Um, a couple of times when I was editing, I was editing an episode one time. And I didn't do this at all. And the way that my software and stuff works, like I can't replicate what happened. But 
my volume, it was, I think that every time I episode it, edited anything about demons or the devil, um, I was editing something of that nature and all of a sudden, like a, I guess you would say it was like a growling sound started coming through my headphones, but it wasn't anything I put in and it wasn't actually in my audio. Like it was just, I heard this weird, like sound, this kind of like distorted would be the best way but a growl nonetheless and suddenly the volume kicked up so loud on my headphones like it hurt my ears like mm. I it went like I heard this weird like electronic is the only way I can say it distorted growl and then the volume without me touching it went full volume I had to rip off my headphones like my ears got hurt I was literally like oh my god that was so loud and I was so scared and I could hear the sound of it still going through my headphones. So I stopped everything and I was like, okay, it, like whatever happened when I press play again, it'll be the same volume, obviously, like this is some sort of thing, but it wasn't, it went back to normal. Like I didn't have to turn down the volume. I didn't have to turn anything off or unplug it. I just hit stop. And then when I restarted, um, it was normal. And I mean, we've had, a lot of weird sounds. Um, what a about lot smells? Of... Have you smelled like oh, sulfur? Yes, we've smelled sulfur. Yeah. We've smelled fire. We had an incident or two with fire in our apartment. I've been electrocuted several times. Um, plugging things in. Um, more recently, I went to, I was edit, again editing the podcast. And I got up to plug in this light. And when I went to put the plug in, I mean, I laugh about it now, but I put the plug in um, and it exploded in my hand. So Jeez. I put I put the plug in and the part where the cord goes into the plug, the cord blew off the plug and my fingers literally got charred. I have a photo of my fingers that were charred. And the light, well, the craziest part was like I got a little bit electrocuted. It wasn't horrible. It was enough that like it zapped me up my arm. Um but it didn't like, you know, I didn't get stuck to it and die or anything. Obviously I'm here, but, but it was enough that it jolted me. But the craziest part was like, it was such a huge light of explosion of like light and electricity. It looked like a miniature mushroom cloud and it like blew up right in my face. That's um, insane. And we've had so many things like that happen. Sounds, things moving, things falling, tapping on the walls. Like, and like Michael said, like they're trying to intimidate you. It is what it is. Like you did something they didn't want, which is bring light to what they are and or where they're roaming. Or where I, they're I'm roaming. A firm believer that they just don't roam. I feel like there are certain places on this earth that's designated for them to to for them to stay. That's where they get their energy, sort of like uh, ironic to say, portals of hell. Mm-hmm. And they have to stay there in order to you know, whether it's maintain their energy or just be there, they can't venture out. And, you know, it, I, I got the wrong impression. I thought entertaining demons are, 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 are no, no. But if now if you're, you're talking about them and they're getting mad, I guess either you're doing something right or you're playing with fire. One of the two it's, but that's wow. Yeah. And it happens. I mean, more than I can say. And, Sometimes I have like, okay, here's one that happened. This isn't too long ago. Um, I was working on the show and I got this weird sensation. Like, so when I can sense something that's 
we'll call evil or demon or whatever darker like a darker entity versus versus like a, a ghost when I sense a ghost is around when it's something darker I almost get like a really sick feeling in my stomach I don't necessarily get nauseous but I just get this weird like pain in my stomach and I start to feel kind of anxious you know like I don't know how to explain it. I just feel really weird and um I started getting that creepy, weird, sicky feeling like, oh, I don't feel right. I don't feel well. And where I was at, you know, I had just been working on the podcast and I had that feeling and suddenly I went, oh no, something's here. Like I knew it. I was like, something's here. And I looked over and the way our apartment is where we live, our refrigerator is like by our front door and our laundry room is by our front door as well. And the laundry room door was open and the light was on in the laundry room. And what I should also say is very creepily, our laundry room door opens. And when I mean opens, it's a click shut handle. So like when you shut it, it's shut. And if you don't, it automatically swings open. There's no halfway with this door. And the way that this place is built, it's not horribly built, but it's not perfect. You know, it's a standard apartment. So if you don't close the the, the, um, laundry door, it immediately swings open. We can be sitting on on the couch, we can be doing something and you'll just hear click and you'll just see it you know swing open and always at the creepiest times and it and we can't replicate it because I, there's no way to explain this it just cannot do what it's yeah doing. it shouldn't be opening from wind because there's like a latch you're saying yeah, yeah. right when you shut it it clicks it never opens right and if you miss the clicking of it it doesn't just sit there and then randomly open it immediately opens so there's no random click and open so mind you this happens quite frequently especially while working on the show and um anyways i was sitting i and i got that feeling and the light was on in the laundry room and the door was open And I looked at the fridge because the laundry room literally illuminates on the fridge and you can't make out what's in the laundry room because it's a stainless steel fridge, but there's enough of a reflection that like I can tell where my washer and dryer is or like what a couple objects are in my laundry room. And I can see an enormous black figure in my laundry room, just kind of like meandering and kind of trying to like peek around the doorway and I just stood there and thought oh my god something is here through it's it's in there and it's trying to see where I am and so I just kind of said a couple quick prayers in my mind and I just like took a few deep breaths and it just disappeared but we have things like this happening all the time now and it is what it is. Michael warned me and I believed him. Maybe I didn't quite know what he meant. Um, but like he said, these things do not want to be talked about. They don't want people to learn. They don't want people to know how to protect themselves. They want to isolate people. So when you talk about this stuff, you're putting it out there, it pisses them off. And like Michael said, they operate like a mob. They have all their underlings and stuff. So if one all the way back in Kent, Ohio knows that I'm talking about it, all the other ones know because they spread it through the chain. And it's like whoever's closest, get her, you know, do something, frighten her. So that's horrifying. I, I will make sure I sleep tonight with my proton pack. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> talking about all this demonic stuff. Oh man, that is that is insane. Like I, I do you have on like red open, like readily available, like some source of 
a camera or something when these happen? Like, do you document this? So on my Instagram right now, I posted, I'll randomly post pictures if listeners ask, like listeners will listen to my story and be like, can you share a photo of that? And I'll be like, okay, I'll put it in my story and I'll tag them. And I'll post stuff from time to time, eventually more on my Instagram. Um, But right now I have one where this smiley face appeared and it's such a creepy thing. And I talk about it in the, the epilogue episode, episode 14. And there's no way to explain this. Like, I, there... I saw it. It, it. it looks very like it. It looks like there's holes punched. Yeah. Like it yeah. looks, it looks like there's holes punched. So whatever did this physically like punched a smiley face into the, it looks like at the side of the wall, like a, a door frame. Yeah. Yeah, and like my husband said, like we're probably gonna get charged for that. And he even reached out to our our apartment people to be like, was this here before? Like, is it on whoever moved out before? Because, and what's weird is it's in a spot that I record for the show, and I'm talking about all this spooky stuff. It's literally when I sit in a chair at the exact height of my eyes. So one day, I mean, I have recorded more times than I can say in the same exact spot. We walk past it all the time. I've sat there all the time, all the stuff. I sit down to record and I and I look and I'm like, what the hell? And it's a creepy, weird smile. And I instantly knew. I was like, that's a threat. Like, that's a we're watching you. Like, just so you know. Yeah, and that's no pareidolia. Like, you, there's a smile there. Yeah, it's, it's a we're watching you. And I go get my husband and I'm like, come in here and see this. And he's like, what the shit? He is literally like what is this doing here? Like what? And he's like, there's no way we've missed this. This is in our master bedroom. This is, we are here all the time. It's not in the closet. It's literally into the bathroom door. It's like right there. And I'm like, sit in my chair. It's at my, and he's like, it's right at your eye height. And he said, it looks like someone took like a little like ball type circular hammer. But what I did is I put my fingertips in it and it's the exact shape of a uh, fingertips like a See, fingertips. that's what you should do you should put a because i it, it to, to what i saw it looks bigger than what you just described so you should actually put your finger to it just to get a, a size perspective. so you can see yeah because so like they look bigger those, to me yeah each of those little impressions are like the size of a fingertip like pushing and so i said he is like well it looks like and i was like well to me, it looks like somebody pushed it with a finger, but that's impossible because it's wood, <laughs> but it's what it looks like to me. And so again, like, I, I think it was just a warning, you know, I think it was just, uh, we're watching you, you know, if, if that's what people want to believe, I, I don't know what to say otherwise, but my poor husband, he loves the paranormal, but he's not crazy for it. Um, and he's a pretty standard guy's guy and i always apologize i'm like i'm so sorry whenever something paranormal happens i'm just like i'm sorry well it's safe to say if he had any doubts of the paranormal he's firmly starting to believe in it oh he sure does and he's had many stories of his own so i mean he was always a believer it's just um sometimes things happen you can't explain and you know michael's warnings certainly came true so Wow, that's in that's insane. And do you have any like ghost hunting tools currently to like maybe measure uh, electromagnetic fields or or uh, spirit box or anything that you dabble in currently with that stuff? Or you? Are no, you... 
I've never, and that's what's funny. At some point, my husband's like, I want to get you some equipment and just have you use it somewhere. Because again, like if, a, if an area is haunted, it's like I'm a beacon or something. Like if a space is haunted and we go, we're going to have something happen. Even if people don't want to, even if we don't know it's haunted, something will happen. And then we'll read later, oh, it was a haunted building. Lindsay was there, of course, you know, like, so it's obvious because of my abilities or whatever it is that I have, these things know to interact with me. So I don't have anything and I've never ghost hunted in my life, but my husband always joked that at some point he's like, we should get you equipment and have you try because you probably could get a lot of evidence everywhere. I, I, I agree with him because, you know, you have this ability, you know, and you're, sounds like you're, you're near harnessing the, the full capabilities of what you have, this gift, but if you go in depth more and, and you do, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I hope you do get a TV <laughs> show and you have more on your podcast going into season two. There should, you know, even though it's un, it's not founded by science that this works, you know, EMF meters are essentially a tool for electricians to detect, you know, open electricity that's, that's out, you know, and you could detect things from your, your microwave with an EMF meter, but, it's noted, you know, from for years that EMF meters help detect, you know, if you're in the middle of a graveyard and your EMF meter is going off and there's no electricity, there's no microwave, there's no radiation, no electro fields, and it's going up, going off, something is there. So the only reason I say that you should actually maybe get something is that you have two senses or two um, evidence finders yourself and an EF, EMF meter or something to that extent where you can document like, look, I got this feeling and then I'm turning to my EMF meter and I'm using it and it's getting a, uh, a reading of three gauss or three uh, or three or four on the meter. You know, it's like a, an extra backup to kind of prove your claims. Yeah. I mean, and I've thought too of one thing. I was like, wow, I'd really like to try to capture EVPs because I can do this thing where if there's an entity and it really wants to talk to me that I can sit down and and it'll talk to me i don't know how to explain it. it's really weird um and i've always thought well if i can get them to do that with me um what would happen if i actually use something like that too like if i did my thing but i also use something to kind of record their responses so that's my husband does joke he's like i need to get you something like that and at some point we should try to have you do an investigation just because of your abilities and see what would happen because plenty of people obviously do do um get a lot of great evidence but i i would be curious with somebody with with whatever i have that's in me if i did it what would happen you know would it be extra would it be just like everyone else's like would i not get anything i mean who knows but definitely something my husband wants me to try at some point you should definitely try that because like i said it's it's just more proof to the pudding as you know it's that's definitely something that you should definitely try to do or even have him get the stuff and you know you guys go venture as a as a as a team and he's the guy with the the tools and you're the guy the woman i should say with the abilities and you guys go in there like almost like ed and lorraine warren pretty much yeah and it's interesting one thing that that i learned after leaving the house is you know, I definitely had abilities before, but after living through the house that the first season's about, um, it amped everything up for me. And another tenant who lived in the house, she said the same thing. And 
you know, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's because we interacted with something, we'll call it a demons, what everyone thinks was there. Um, but whatever it was, whatever we were exposed to, my abilities kind of amplified. And it's interesting because I'm not scared of stuff anymore, including demons, you know. Um, it's kind of like once I got out of that situation, I now, I don't know, I don't cower to them and I'm not afraid of them and I know how to set boundaries. So, you know, it, it would be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. So before I formally thank you, um, <laughs> before we end, I'd like to thank the Spotify for Podcasters app, formerly known as Anchor, for giving me this opportunity to have a collaboration episode with Lindsay and her podcast, The Chilling Podcast. If you haven't heard about Spotify for Podcasters, it is the entirely free app that you can download on your phone, tablet, or computer that gives you the ability to get your possible podcasting idea out there. So if you want to get a podcast and you don't have a means of doing it, Spotify for Podcasters is where to go. Now, Lindsay, thank you so much. This has been such a fascinating, chilling episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And I like to just give you the opportunity to once again give your, your social media plug and your podcast information so everyone listening can go tune into you as well. Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. So yes, it's the Chilling Podcast. You can find it at www.thechillingpodcast.com, Instagram, uh, same name. And you know, you can find the episodes just about anywhere you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcast. It's a 13-part serialized story about a really scary haunting that I happen to live through. But it also is filled with eyewitness testimony, insights from people in the paranormal world, demonologists, psychologists, sleep paralysis experts. Um, and, you know, I worked with a historian as well. So it's a long format story with some really scary parts and a lot of folklore mixed in. So I hope you check it out. It's very good. It's, it is like listening to one of the best scary stories ever that happens to be true. Very <laughs> real stuff. And guys, if you don't know, the uh, Say What Again Billy podcast is on Instagram, SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for the Say What Again Billy podcast. I will be posting the into the podcast episode with Lindsay on my Instagram and when it goes live. Lindsay, I'm going to let you know when it airs and uh, I hope you share away. I thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the podcast. It means a lot to me. You are the first person I ever collaborated with and it means the world to me. And I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck going forward with your adventure. And I hope you uh, that you don't become a stranger, that you stay in touch, because this is something that uh, I definitely want to stay in tune with beyond the podcast that you have. Awesome. Well, same to you. This has been wonderful. And I hope we can chat again. So you take care. Awesome. All right. I'm going to get my proton pack ready to go to bed. Tonight. <laughs> okay, good luck. <laughs> have a good night. Thank you for coming on. All right. Bye. Bye bye.